This is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Ancient faith for today's world. 2 Kings 5, 14-27 October 17, 2021 You know, I can remember when I was a child how we would go to one of those stores. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. They were different from some of the other stores. You had to pay a membership fee in order to gain entrance. And as a small child, I can remember looking at the person that was at the door, checking the membership card, wondering, what would they do to you if you tried to get in without your membership? I knew, even at that young age, you have to pay your dues. And those collecting or looking for the membership verification at the door looked rather imposing to me. How do you suppose it looks for people looking inside God's church? What does it take to gain membership within his kingdom? Might they ever view it as if you have to meet some sort of criteria or fee in order to be lawn? Today we look at the prophet Elisha dealing with two different men. And as he deals with them, we see how one took his membership for granted, the other one treasured it. One disregarded and tossed aside his membership in a mess. The other walked away clean. Naaman had just found himself entirely healed. As we look at 2 Kings chapter 5, he had listened to the prophet Elisha. Yes, at first he, he did not want to go in that dirty river of the Jordan and cleanse himself. But he was persuaded and he took the prophet at his word. He washed in the Jordan six times. And then on the seventh, that incurable disease that had afflicted his sin was gone. And his skin was like that of a young boy. Naaman was cured. And Naaman learned something very important that day. When the Lord speaks, and his word is there. His word remains true. The Lord, the God of Israel, is the true God. And he is the God who heals. Even though all else will fail, the Lord will not. But Naaman needed to learn another lesson that day. See, Naaman had come to Elisha expecting to have to pay his fee. After all, he was one of the top commanders of the Syrian army. And the king Ben-Hadad had sent Naaman with extraordinary gifts. And so after Naaman had been healed, he readied the gifts and was prepared to give the prophet Elisha what amounted to nearly a thousand pounds of silver and gold, as well as ten sets of clothes. After all, Naaman knew how it worked, right? You pay the witch doctor and he cures you or else he'll give you a curse. We know how it goes. You go to the hospital, you're cured, you come home, and then you wait for the bill. But Elisha the prophet said he would not accept anything. He said, as surely as the Lord God lives, I will not take a thing. And even though Naaman urged him to say, take at least something, Elisha said, no, nothing, no payment. And why did Elisha do this? Certainly the, the prophet Elisha had received outside support from others. He stayed in the house of those who supported him. We see that the Lord even told the people in the Old Testament to give a tenth of everything to support the work of his kingdom 
and the worship in the temple. And the Apostle Paul also tells us that the worker in the gospel is worthy of his wages. Jesus said that those who preach the gospel should live off of what they preach and those who support them. So why was Elisha not willing to take even a thing from Naaman? Because Elisha knew Naaman, this new convert, needed to learn one more lesson that day. Not only is the God, the Lord of the God of Israel, the God who saves and delivers, but he does it absolutely free. There's nothing that could be paid. And when Naaman left, even after offering such incredible gifts, not paying a single thing, he knew. Not only does the Lord, the God of Israel, save, but he does it freely out of his grace for all people. So Naaman could go home worshiping the Lord, the God of all grace. Certainly that is the the cry of the Lutheran Church still today, isn't it? The Lutheran Church still holds to that mantra, by grace alone. Over and against all those who might give the impression that you have to somehow pay for God's salvation, the picture must be clear. It is by grace alone, apart from payment, apart from any works. This happened when the Lutheran Church saw so many charging money for forgiveness of sins or trying to get rich off of the preaching of the gospel. And still today, many people will impose fees or have membership dues as they invite people into their church but not our church, not the church of God that would freely and fully proclaim God's message. So when someone comes in the building, there's no door fee. There's no price on baptism. It is freely by grace that we are saved. After all, how could you put a price on what God has done for us? The mess that we've brought ourselves into is worse than the disease of leprosy, the guilt and terrors of sin and the curse that we are under. But our deliverance is free. You cannot put a price on the washing and cleansing God gives us with water and the word and baptism. You can't put a price on the meal he gives us with his own son, body and blood. You can't pay someone for their time, for the gift that they give you when they're giving you the gospel. It's free, freely given from our God. But Elisha had a servant who thought otherwise. Gehazi was his name. And when Gehazi saw Naaman go away with all of that great wealth, he couldn't help but thinking maybe, maybe they were wrong to not just take something from him. And so Gehazi came up with a scheme. He chased after Naaman and caught up to him and said, my servant Elisha turns out that he does want something from you. He said, two visitors have just come to his house and he just wants a set of clothing for each and maybe a talent of silver or something. And Naaman was ever eager to give this gift and even more so that Gehazi was piled up with all that he could carry and more than he could carry. And Naaman sent two of his servants to take this stuff back to Gehazi's house. Gehazi apparently had his scheme all figured out. After the servants got near his house, he said, I'll take it from here took the great wealth and hid it in his house. His plan was quite clear. Lie to Naaman, defraud Naaman, 
as he lied about Elisha, hide what he had done, and no one would know. And then when Elisha did confront him and say, Gehazi, where were you? We see just how clever he really was. His plan, I didn't go anywhere. Brilliant. But what Naaman had done is he had not simply taken what was not supposed to be his. He had not merely lied to Naaman. He had done great harm and great damage. Naaman now walked away not fully certain if grace was grace, all because of the lies of Gehazi. Gehazi considered his own desire for personal gain more important than the soul of this new convert. Gehazi thought it was more important as he justified that he might get something than that this man might walk away, Naaman might walk away with everything. That is the knowledge of God's grace and great love for him, free of charge. And so Gehazi's actions was not merely lying with his tongue, but deceiving with his tongue and with his heart, coveting and by greed, putting the wealth and riches that he might get for himself above the glory of God, above the soul of another man, Naaman, and above his own soul. And I'm sure that you and I aren't going to be putting up an entrance fee as people come to worship, and we're not going to hound down the straying sheep who need to hear of God's grace and tell them, you owe God something. No, we want to make clear God's gifts are absolutely free. But might we ever introduce a mess into God's message or into God's church as we start to prioritize the wrong thing? Maybe a congregation might find one of its members is very wealthy and contributes a lot to the ministry. But that member starts to stray and starts to lose sight of God's word and God's grace. They did decide that they, they're just going to keep quiet and do whatever it takes to make sure that member keeps on giving. Or they have priority of concern for that person's soul and to bring glory to God and to bring grace back to that person's life. And maybe someone might find themselves in their own personal life finding God's grace is a wonderful gift, but then sometimes making it less of a priority as they chase after other things for their family. And the priority soon becomes their, their child's education rather than their child's spiritual growth in God's word. Or their priority becomes something rather of having that perfect house or that boat rather than spreading the knowledge of the glory of God and his free gift of grace in all that they do. What might be the priority in, in your heart sometimes? Do you sometimes find that supporting the amazing message or maybe giving up something for the amazing message of the gospel to be heard by those that need it, sometimes less important than your own priorities. What Gehazi chased after was a serious, damaging, messy situation, spurning the grace of God and sharing the grace of God for his own personal gain. And it made a mess and ultimately left him in a mess the prophet Elisha impressed on him the seriousness of this sin as he said, what have you done? 
The leprosy of Naaman is now going to cling to you, Gehazi. God is serious about those who obscure or remove the message of his grace and those who chase after other priorities to the point where they lose the message of grace. We too have a a heart that was once like Naaman with a false theology. Like Naaman, we grew up thinking we could maybe pay our God or put a price for the the wonderful blessings he's poured out on us through his son. But God, in grace, taught us that his gifts are absolutely free. What we see our God has done for us is he has cleansed us. He poured out his spirit with the washing of water in the word and removed our sins, the stain that came with us and the stain that haunted us. And we are clean. We made a mess of our lives with our own greed and the things that we put first, but God put us first and cleansed us. And so we have a clean salvation. And when we gave that confession, that that clear confession, now I know that the Lord is God, God made sure that we knew it was absolutely free as he revealed his gospel to us. The salvation won not by our hands and our price, but by the blood of the Son of God. The gift is free because he paid the great price for us. And yes, it was a mess as his blood was splattered and his body laid in the tomb, Christ crucified. But he did this so that our salvation would be completely free and we would go away free. Like that thief on the cross who went away into eternal life, absolutely free. You, me, We all receive the gift. It's given to you and to me as a free gift, absolutely free because of Christ and his payment. And so we are cleansed. That's a message we need to keep clear and free in our lives and in the lives of those that we reach. It's absolutely free. You know, it's a a messy church. Sometimes someone might look at your church and and wonder what people enjoy so much about it. Let them see the gifts that God has poured out. What price can we put on the blood of the Son of God? What price can we put on the washing and cleansing that he has given us? We can't. We can never repay our God. But like Naaman, we can go away rejoicing in the God of full and faithful love and freely given grace as we are completely cleansed by him. And he demands no payment, nothing in return. May this be the message that you share with those around you as you make spreading his gospel your top priority. It is a messy church. And sometimes the priorities get mixed up. And we create a mess as we put our own agendas and our own wealth and our own personal gains above the glory of God, above the souls of others, and even above our own souls or that of our own family. But we have a clean salvation and God's grace is absolutely free.